You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the B&H app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan Weitz. Greetings and welcome to the B&H Photography Podcast. Today's show is all about new gear announced recently at last month's CES, that's the Consumer Electronics Show, and a show that's in progress as I speak, WPPI, that's the West Philadelphia Philatelic Conference. Oh, wait a minute, that's Stamp Collectors. No, it's the Wedding and Portrait Photography Show in Las Vegas. That makes more sense. Uh, to... <laughs> Couldn't help it. <laughs> to better ensure we have the latest news and views of this year's WPPI, we're going to be Skyping in the second half of this show with our boots-on-the-ground correspondents, Sean Steiner and Liz Groshen, to hear their thoughts on all of the new gear at the show. Just a reminder, if you are not a subscriber to our show, how come? It's easy, and it won't cost you a dime. We have over 100 past episodes online you can listen to, and to become a subscriber, all you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, and in no time, you can be a cart-carrying B&H podcast listener. Speaking of podcast listeners, if you enjoyed our show with celebrity photographer Chris Buck, we have a signed copy of his amazing book, uneasy. To win, all you have to do is head over to the B&H photo video Facebook page and leave a comment on the post about our show. You have until midnight on Friday, March 2nd. That's two days from now. One winner will be announced on an upcoming episode. Good luck. Yes, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's a great book. And, uh, if you get a chance, go back to last week's episode also and, and listen to our interview with Chris Buck. It was really informative, very, uh, as he said, frank answers to frank Fra- questions. Yes, yes. Uh, and, he's uh, great. The book is like, what, close to 400 pages? Yeah. And it's got everybody in it and photography that will really make you stop and pause. Yeah, and uh, just leave a comment on the Facebook post and you're entered to win the book. And there you have it. Anyway... On with our show. Let's have a little review of uh, last month's CES show. And between CES and WPPI, there's a whole bunch of new uh, gear that's released for the new year. Um, And let's start off with some cameras that were recently announced. The Panasonic Lumix GH5S. Uh, That's a video-centric mirrorless camera, 10-megapixel multi-aspect sensor. Uh, Video people are pretty excited about this guy. It's the update to the GH5, which Uh is already a really hot video camera. And the S stands for... Special. Special? Special. (laughs) No, it's actually... (laughs) It it improves low-light performance and... Yeah, uh, again, it's a 10 megapixel, so there's larger... uh, Larger um, pixels. Larger photons going on there. Uh, This camera is very specifically for video shooters, and it's kind of comparable. It's a a four-thirds version of the Sony a7S, which, again, has fewer megapixels, but they're larger, so it's much better for light-gathering, low-light shooting. Uh, Video people love them. Uh, Another camera is a, uh, a blast from the past. The Polaroid One Step Two camera. I don't know why they didn't call it the Polaroid Two Step. You know that would be kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> it's basically a, a a a rehash of the 1977 Polaroid One Step. Uh, it uses the new Polaroid formula films, uh, 60-day rechargeable batteries included. Uh, it has longer processing times but improved color. Lens-wise. 
uh, Nikon announced the AFS 180 to 400 millimeter f4e. That is their uh, super zoom that has a built-in 1.4x uh, teleconverter. So you, uh, at a flip of a wrist, literally, you go from 180 to 400 millimeter f4 to a 252 to 560 millimeter f5.6 lens uh, without having to change lenses. Um, I used the Canon version of this about two years ago when it came out, and it's an amazing lens. I'm looking forward to giving this one a, a test drive as well. It's, it's, it's a great thing to have, especially for long-distance shooting. Nothing comes near it. We have one other little special toy here, which I think everybody will want to have. That's the Insta360 VR. That's an eight-lens VR camera uh, for fully spherical 3D video at upwards of 10K resolution. Um, this thing sees everything around you and plays it back again. 3D, 360 VR. Uh, and it only sets you back about $12,000. Uh, operators are standing by. We spoke a little bit about this yeah. on a recent podcast, and it is uh, apparently a pretty... Incredible piece of gear. Um, Some new drones came out. New drones. Unique has a bunch of new ones here. The Typhoon H Plus is a second generation drone, has six rotors. It's 40% quieter than the last model. It has a 20 megapixel one inch sensor. That's the Sony sensor. Shoots 4K at 60 frames per second and has improved low light sensitivity and updated anti collision technologies. Next up is the unique HD Razor. This is a, co a smaller competition drone. It has four rotors, uh, records 1080p video, relays low latency video to a live feed at 60 frames per second. It has built-in protected blades. You don't have to replace them. And an integrated flip-over feature that writes the drone if it lands upside down in a crash. Now, they also make one, one drone, which I'm actually kind of excited about. It's the unique Firebird FPV. This is a fixed-wing drone. It's an airplane. It's got a single rotor in the rear, and it shoots 4K video up front. It includes uh, FPV. That's first-person view headset. has built-in geofencing, automated return and landing functions, and 30 minutes of flight time. It's like a small plane. Yeah. It's white. It's kind of neat. Yeah, those are cool. I, um, I'm interested in that one. That's going to be out in a few months. Okay. And these are all things that were announced uh, about these a month ago. These were all announced at, about a uh, yeah, last month at CES. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned up front, WPPI is happening right now. And we have Sean Steiner on the line. He is at WPPI in Las Vegas. And he's been prowling the floor. And he has some news for us about some of the new toys that are being released uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We've been following everything here in New York. And they've been teasing us about a big Sony announcement. What could you tell us? Sony came with a big surprise because last week they announced a new flash and everybody thought that was it. But as we found out Monday afternoon, they had a whole event lined up for the release of the A7 Mark III. So that's it. Okay, it's true. All right, tell us about it. The A7 III, it's a, it's a really nice upgrade from the A7 II. It brings a lot of the benefits of both the A9 and the A7R III, but it, it has a nice balance that you don't really get with either of those cameras. And it comes in at a lower price point. When you say balance, specifically, what do you mean? Because that is an interesting camera for a lot of people. Yeah, so the main thing is that it has a 24-megapixel sensor, a new one with backside illumination. So if you compare that to the A7R three, where it has 42 and really speaks to people shooting product or who really need detail in their shots, and then you have the A9, which has the backside illuminated and stacked, so you can get the 20 frames per second. The A7 III gives you a 10 frames per second, nice 
just enough. Probably too much for most things, but the 24 megapixels is great. You don't really need more than that. And all the other features, like the new battery, a joystick on the back for better operation, and just a slightly redesigned body make it a very nice package. Neat. What about the, you said there's a new battery. Is it longer life? Because that's always been an issue yeah. for Sony. So it uses the battery which just showed up on the A9 and was also on the A7R3. And so the Z-Series battery with the A7 III is rated to give you over 700 shots on a single charge. Okay, now we're talking. So, so I guess they're not giving you two batteries when you buy a camera anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, it seems. <laughs> and you said that this is... Uh, the price has gone down a bit, or it's just a nicer price, or is the price... Compared to yeah. the A7R III and the A9, it's at a lower price point. Mm -hmm. So the price point, it comes in at $2,000 body only. Okay. So compared to the A7R III, which is 3300 and the A9 at forty five, it's a much better price. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's pretty consistent with the way the uh, A7 has been all along, the original 7 and 7.2. It's been kind of in that price range, and uh, it really is the best... Uh, if you don't need ridiculous resolution or if you're not shooting real low-light video, it's, it's a perfect camera. It really, really is. Yeah, it's the best camera for most people, which mm -hmm. is exactly where it wants to be. Yeah, right. no, it's a great way of putting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now you mentioned the flash that they came out with. Yeah, basically they took their flagship flash, made it a little nicer, a couple tweaks, and put radio in it. Okay, all right, sounds good. What about that Canon flash then? That's the Speedlight actually... 470EX-AI. Yeah, the cool thing about the, it's really cool to see in person. <laughs> so the AI stands for auto intelligent and it refers to auto intelligent bounce technology, AI bounce for short. Mm -hmm. And so all you have to do is you walk into a room, you register it once, it uses sensors, figures out the height of the ceilings, does a couple flashes, and then for the rest of the night, you just walk around and it'll automatically rotate, turn around, tilt, everything you need to get just perfect bounce lighting. And how fast does it do that rotation and, and that I saw angling? a video. It's pretty responsive. Oh, yeah? It really is, yeah. Okay. It's pretty fast. Right. We're going to have a video on our, on our post about it hmm. on Explorer. So we'll have something for people to actually look and see it. Mm -hmm. But it, it's definitely fast enough. Fa but and not faster than you could do it with your own hands. I mean, or is... I don't know. Now yeah. I don't even have to take my hands off the camera, though. So. Okay. Now, something I'm curious about, this flash runs on four AA batteries. Now, four AA batteries with an electronic flash, that burns out pretty food. This is a guide number about like 154 at ISO 100. So you're, you're already pulling a lot of juice. At the same time, it has little motors that are turning this thing all over, and how many really? flashes do you actually get out of this thing after all is said and done? Anybody ask actually, that question? We actually asked this question. Good. So you, we, you add more motors, you add take away battery life. And so... I think Canon made the right choice going with the guide number of 154 feet or 47 meters. So it's it's a smaller flash, so you're not pulling that much juice. You should get a little over 200 would be my guess about it. Hmm. So you're not really going to see a huge hit from the motor, but probably in something that you might notice if you compare it directly to something like the 430. I would imagine also if you're moving around and it has to constantly refigure things, it's going to burn up juice a little bit quicker as if rather than if you were standing in one spot, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it kind of is already, it's already in that one uh, location. Another thing, um, if it's bouncing all over the place and you and say you're shooting color, say you have color walls or ceilings, is it, does it compensate at all? Or if you have a blue ceiling, are you getting blue bounce? It won't, it won't track color. 
it doesn't do that. So you will have to be careful and still have some level of knowledge of Flash, but it, it does make it a lot easier for, say, people just starting to shoot or st- just starting to use Flash. That's kind of the target audience Canon said. Okay. okay. All right. But I guess anybody best- can pick up a Flash and use it now. Right, right. Yeah, right yeah. And just in case, carry a case of white spray paint with you. Just to <laughs> keep yourself covered. Right, I, I kind of I jumped as a head to... Only work in white rooms. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, also, Leica has a new flash, too, the SF60, and it's got a little uh, flash controller, too, a wireless controller. I caught that. Uh, it also does uh, uh, shoots directly or bounce, and now does high-speed sync up to one eight thousandth of a second. I don't have much more detail on that, but that's a new Leica flash since we're on the topic of flashes. Yeah, they had they announced that a while back, I believe. But I guess it's finally coming to market, which is nice because with the SL, people are probably using it more as a system camera compared to a tiny M, where you didn't really want to throw a big flash on there. Right, right, yeah. right, right. All right, let's bounce back to cameras because I, I kind of jumped us into accessories, and whatnot. So, um, tell us about the Fujifilm, the H X, the X H one. Yeah, so the X-H1, I really like to call it just a baby GFX. Mm-hmm. It's got the same type of body, smaller, mm-hmm. because it's only the APS-C model, but it's got that nice screen on top, the nice tilting screen on the back. Viewfinder's really nice. It's got that extra little grip compared to the X-T2 that makes it a little nicer to handle. Okay. And it is is it fair to say that this is the... The X camera for video shooters, or is that something I'm it, just... It is fair to say that, yeah. but I don't think Fuji wants you to say that too much, because <laughs> it is all, while it does have a lot of nice video upgrades, it also has the in-body stabilization, which works for both video and stills, and the body design kind of plays more to still photographers than video shooters. But the specs really say video. I mean, you got slow motion, 1080, at, uh, 120, and 100 frames a second. Internal F-log capture, 24-bit audio. You don't need that for stills. And, uh, and there's the big code. DCI 4K at 24. Uh-huh, yeah. So it's an anti-flicker shooting mode. Okay, if you're shooting under LEDs, okay, whatever. But still in all, it, it is, whether they admit it or not, it, it's, it's a very pro-video camera, no two ways about it, and that's it's fine. It's their best camera for video, 100%. Yeah. No question about it. You think and with the new Cine lenses in the X mount, there's just a match made in heaven right there for video shooters. You think wedding photographers will be picking up on this one? Because they're introducing it here, and it seems to be the kind of thing that if you are shooting weddings and you have to go back and forth between still and video, this is a nice option. My guess is it's going to be great for people upgrading their Fuji cameras, or if you have an X-T2 already, maybe you pick up the X-H1 as your second body to mm-hmm. become your primary body. But if you already own an X-T2, unless you absolutely need that in-body stabilization or 4K video, you're probably not going to upgrade right now. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what could you tell yeah. us about the Canon M50? That uh, looks like an interesting little camera. You have a chance to play with that one? Yeah, it's a nice little camera. The viewfinder's nice having it on, on the body directly compared to the M5 or M6, the M5 does have one. And it's a, it's a little smaller than the M5. So it's, a, it's definitely a nice mirrorless camera. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that this is like just a warm-up act for a full-frame camera, and I'm sure it's in the back of a lot of minds when people look at yeah. this, what they can do. Because th- uh, they have to. I think the most uh, important feature here is the Digicate processor in the 4K video. Because mm-hmm. even though the M50 is a nice entry, mid-level type camera, when you see those things migrate to higher level cameras, you're going to see a lot more features get unlocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. 
Makes sense. Canon also came out with the EOS Rebel T7. Hang on, kids. It went up to 24 megapixel from 18. And I think it's pretty much the same camera. It's a minor upgrade. They just gave you uh, more pixels, higher resolving power. Pretty much. That's a that's their super entry level. Not much more to say about it. No, and you know what? We're kind of saying not much more to say. It really is a lot of camera for a few hundred dollars. You know, we, it's easy to look down, but the truth of the matter is, for for many people, this is a killer little camera to have if you want to have something APS-C. That's uh, again a, a a DSLR. It's a great little a great choice. And what about the Pentax K1 Mark II, which looks to me like it may have the highest ISO of any camera ever, or is that just my imagination? Well, the D5 probably does. Oh, yeah, the D5, the D5 is already a million. Yeah. But, oh, okay, all right. But that's a little absurd. Right. Well, even 204,800, I've shot with the original K1. It was mm -hmm. ridiculous. It was a great camera, but it's incredibly sensitive. Now it's going up to 819,200 ISO, which means that, the other, the old version of it, the original uh, uh, K1, you could shoot in pitch blackness. Now you could shoot in pitch pitch blackness. I think that's about the only difference there is. Also, if you have a K1 uh, for five hundred fifty dollars, you could upgrade it to a K1 M2. So <laughs> yeah, the nice thing about that upgrade is that they actually replace the circuit board and give you those other features as well. So it's not just something like a firmware update like we've seen before. So it's re they're actually rebuilding your camera. They're, re they're redoing it. Oh, so they're not giving yeah. you a new a new Mark II as a trade-in. They're no, they're, they're they've got your old one and they upgraded the original camera. Okay. Okay. And right. you do get the new logo, so you do get the Mark II on it. Ah, uh -huh. so it comes with that little package of stickers. You can put them on yourself. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Now I see Panasonic has a couple of point and shoots. Uh, we already talked about the GH5S. Uh, that came out at CES. They have the GX9. The GX9 and the DCZS200. Have you had a chance to see those? Yeah, the ZS200, it's a really nice upgrade. It's a nice pocketable, similar to an RX100 if you've seen it. It's got mm -hmm. 4K, all the features you'd expect in Panasonic. If you want something pocketable that's great, this has that one-inch sensor that's going to give you everything you want. Okay, sounds good. And the GX9? GX9 is their new, the upgrade of their rangefinder style cameras, but honestly, it seems like they, they brought the GX series a step back, and they're repositioning their flagship models as the GH5, GH5S, and G9. Okay. And now their other cameras are going to sit a little bit below. Mm -hmm. But it is the nice, it's the nicest and most compact option. Okay, what about lenses? What do you see? There's a lot for lenses. We heard from Sigma, they're coming out with all their art lenses in the e-mount. Oh, really? So, wow. Finally a native mount for Sony shooters who've been using an adapter. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big and deal. Yeah. 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 That's it's about time deal. they did that. Yeah. The nicest part is that you get full support for the autofocus system. So you're not going to be worried about if I put it on this camera, if it's going to work or not. You get everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, doesn't Sigma offer a mount change service? Will that Does that include the e-mount or that wouldn't work for that it will it will eventually include because these lenses are still the same as the dslr lenses just with a redesigned mouse gotcha so okay. they're big so, yeah they but it's a pretty extensive it's an extensive lineup again these are all art series lenses so it, these are really good optics you got a 1418 a 20 millimeter 14 2414 3514 514 a 728 dg macro 
8514, a 10514, and a 13518. Um, that's a lot of really neat fast class. Yeah. It really is. Might want to just for a second just stop on the 70 macro and 10514. So those are both new. And the 10514. There isn't really much else to compare to it except for Nikons. Mm -hmm. So for if you don't shoot Nikon, this is the first chance you've gotten to have that kind of lens. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true for that kind of speed. So what other lenses have you have you had your hands on out there? I mean, I know that Zeiss has some Loxia lenses. Uh, well, yeah, one so Loxia. Yeah, stick yeah. with the. Uh, the Sony line right okay. now because it seems like everybody wants to come out with new lenses for E-mount. The Zeiss Loxia, the 25-24, mm -hmm. nice, super compact, stays right in line with all the other Loxias. Not really much else to ask for there. And the most interesting is Tamron is developing a 28-75 f2.8. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And after seeing it in person, it's a lot more compact than Sony's G Master 2470. Really? So you okay. might see a lot of people picking that up instead of the bigger G Master. Mm -hmm, that's cool. And nice. what, and then there's a 70 to 210 F4 from Tamron. Is that's not for Sony, is it? That's a No, that's a, for Nikon. Yeah, so the 70 to 210 is for Canon Nikon DSLRs and it's going to be your very compact option and it comes in at a much lower price point than the 28 versions making it a great, better option for beginners, amateurs, and just people who want a lens to carry around. Okay. One of the nice things about that lens, I was looking at the specs, it focuses down to 37.4 uh, inches, which is real close for a, a lens of that range. And it gives you, I think, one to three um, uh, aspect, not aspect ratio, a one to three magnification ratio. So it's good for close-ups too. I mean, you could do some good portrait stuff without being right on top of your subject with that, which is kind of neat. I like that. And it's yeah. also apparently moisture-resistant construction, which seems to be uh, becoming increasingly more popular, which mm -hmm. means they're made better. It's almost mandatory these days unless you get something on the real budget end. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lens baby called the Burnside. Have you seen that? Yeah, the Burnside 35. I've actually been uh, reviewing that for the past couple of weeks, too. Okay. So it's, it's a nice little lens. It's got that swirl effect, but mm -hmm. it also has a second aperture, which lets you dial in a little bit of a vignette if you want that too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, anything else in the lens department? Uh, well, Rokinon has an SP 50 millimeter F1.2 for Canon EF. It's a relatively inexpensive, it's like $1,000 for a high speed normal lens. Um, got that. Cool. Let's see some Venus optics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're doing it again. They have a 25 millimeter f2.8, a 5x macro. Did you see that one by any chance? I haven't stopped by there yet. Oh, go see it. It's made for go. Canon EF, Nikon F, Pentax, and Sony FE mounts. Uh, the big deal is that you could focus between 40 and 45 millimeters and get two and a half to five times magnification uh, with a slightly wide angle lens at 25.28, full frame. So that's kind of, that has some interesting possibilities. And for APS- They're great for weird lenses. Yes, they are. Definitely yeah. great for that. Yes, they also came out with them. This is for APS-C cameras. And if you again, if you're a wide angle nut, they have a nine millimeter F2.8. It's called their zero D lens for zero distortion. It's got a 113 degree angle of view, 10 groups uh, with 15 elements. It's a, it's, a, it's a real serious lens. And it focuses down to about five inches. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's for Fuji Film X, Canon EFM, and Sony E-mounts. 
And that should be fun to play with. And again, if it, it's the widest uh, angle of view um, for APS-C. So that's an interesting lens right there. And it's probably priced very well. Yeah, the great thing about their lenses and the yeah. ones they come out with are that there's definitely one photographer out there who's been waiting for that exact lens. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Someone's got to fill in the cracks. Um, I see a Leica here. Uh, Alan, you want to mention that? Yes. Let me turn the page here. Okay. The Leica, uh, an Apo Sumicron 50mm F2 LHSA, 50th anniversary lens. That's the Leica Historical Society something or other. Uh, they come out with all these great lenses every once in a while that few of us could afford. Um, this particular lens, I saw pictures of it. It's really beautiful. They're, they're only making 500 of them, 300 of them black paint and 200 of them in silver. And I think they're sold out and they're not inexpensive. They're, they were like a thousand bucks, something back. Uh, Nothing like a makes is inexpensive. So yes, yeah. <laughs> you gotta love them, man. And you know what? It, there are people that love this stuff and it's great. Anything else, Sean, uh, lens wise, I think we covered most of them, but, uh, you're out there. You're they're, seeing what's new. They're not actually at the show, but I know that Tokina just revealed a new fearing. Uh-huh. Yes, the uh, twenty millimeter f two, but this time with autofocus. Uh, now, the, I, I saw some reports so the, saying that's that it's an FE mount, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's specifically FE mount. Now, I did a test on the uh, manual focus one. It was a really nice lens. Uh, I got some great pictures out of it. What I'm not sure of, and I saw two reports. One report said that this is replacing the manual focus, and another report said this is in addition to the manual focus version of it. So they this might have two. I don't know. In addition. Okay. Definitely in addition. They both have two different features. So the manual focus has the uh, gears and stuff that make it better for Cine users, and manual focus is definitely better for Cine users. Then the autofocus version has a different shaped body that's more in line with what you might see for still photo cameras. Okay, but optically, I believe it's the same formula. They just basically uh, added autofocus to it. Same exact formula, yep. Okay, anything else? There is a Panasonic Leica DG Vario Elmerit 50-200, a 2.8 to f4 spheric lens for micro four-thirds. That's a 100 to 400 millimeter 35 equivalent. Uh, that looks like an interesting lens. I did not see any pictures of it. I just have some specs here, but it looks it's like it's right up there. It's an interesting lens. You, did you, oh, you had a chance to see it. Okay. Yeah. It's a the really nice thing compared to other 100-400s that we've seen for full frame is that this has a much faster aperture which plays a lot more nicely with the micro four-thirds format. format. Yeah, that's right. It's a stop faster. That's right. It's a, it's a variable aperture, but you're starting off at a wider aperture. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. So there was one last thing I'd like to mention. It's the Kodak bringing back the T-Max P3200. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's on our list. And it's nice to, see, uh, nice to see some new old films every once in a while. Now, <laughs> I'm curious to try that stuff. I really am. <laughs> is there, uh, when you're standing around the Kodak table, is there uh, a buzz? Are there a lot of people there taking note or just a handful of uh, diehard film users? There's a lot of interest around Kodak all the time. Mm-hmm. But for this specific thing, just the diehard film users okay. who probably had fridges full of it still. <laughs> <laughs> We're going we're gonna to talk to Liz in a second, but what about, uh, like, if you can kind of sum up what's going on out there and what the feel is, what are, what are most people talking about, or is it feel like an exciting show, or just uh, maybe not as interesting in past shows? What do you think? Well, the last show I was at CES, and this, mm-hmm. this is much smaller. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot nicer because of that, too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more just 
camera users looking to get their hands on equipment that mm. they haven't been able to yet. So we're, we're seeing a lot of people yeah, going over to Fuji and trying out the GFX and X-H1. Sony, obviously, has a lot going on all the time. So mm. people are over there looking at the A7R 3 and A9 and various lenses. And we also, B&H is sponsoring a booth where you can use a lot of equipment and lighting stuff. It's a lot more education-based here. Yeah. Well, it's mostly wedding photographers, correct? I mean, obviously portrait as well. But Yeah, wedding and portrait, and that also ties a lot more into lighting. So you see a lot of booths focused on, you know, how to mm-hmm. shoot with models, people uh-huh. talking, giving classes. Gotcha. And uh, with all the wedding photographers out there, is there a sense that many are now looking to or have had already moved over to Sony and maybe to a lesser extent Fuji and uh, mirrorless cameras? Or uh, That's an interesting question. I haven't really been paying attention because I think it's just the new normal. You can just shoot with anything nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you see people walking around with the Fuji, you see people walking around with the 5D Mark IV mm-hmm. and everything else. And, and, and a lot of older, tired people dragging around Hasselblad 500Cs, you still got them around or are they gone? No, you're the only one. <laughs> no, they're gone. They're replaced with the new uh, Hasselblad X. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, really? Yeah, anything, uh, any medium format action out there? What are you seeing? Well, there's a lot now that Hasselblad and Fuji have relatively affordable options. Right. Because there's a lot of buzz at the GFX, obviously, because Mm -hmm. it comes in at a really good price for medium format. And then Hasselblad's showing off their their mirrorless, of course. Right, right. Which is even smaller than the GFX, and it's pretty incredible for what it is. Yeah, that's great. Okay, then. Um, All right, well, anything else you want to add? Um, I have a couple of things here that uh, I I spotted. Um, Prograde digital memory cards. That's the former Lexar management uh, tech execs. They started their new company because Lexar was bought up by Longsys, I think, a Chinese company. And they're coming out with a whole bunch of new cards, uh, CF Fast 2 and SDXC UHS 2 memory cards. Um, and they're supposed to be top quality. That's their their game. They weren't ready to leave the market yet. So they started ProGrade Digital, and I think we're going to be carrying those pretty soon. They're available in 128, 256, and 512 gigabytes. That's for CFS 2. Transfer speeds up to 550 megabytes a second. And the uh, <clears throat> SD cards come in 64, 128, and 256 gigabyte, and speeds of up to 200 megabytes a second. And what about the Spider camera holster? You catch those yet? I haven't made it over there, but they definitely have a nice little lineup, especially if you're tired of dealing with straps. Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot, Sean. I appreciate it. Unless there's anything else, we're going to jump over to Liz and talk to her for a minute, all right? And remember, behave yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm just working all the time. Got to get back on the floor. So. Okay. Yeah, I noticed you're putting out a lot of work. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice talking to you guys. Uh, you too. Take care. So, were you really up at four forty-seven this morning? This is we're, we're off the air. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the BH Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at BH Photo Video hashtag BH Photo Podcast. Okay, we spoke with Sean Steiner, and now we're going to speak with Liz Groshen, our other correspondent on the WPPI floor. Hey there, Liz. Welcome. Hi. Hi, my fellow BNHers. There we go. Uh, anyway, so you're at WPPI and you've been walking around and taking in stuff. First of all, um, what are your impressions? Did you hear about the new Sony camera? I have heard about it and everybody is very excited and they're buzzing about it, I have to say. 
<laughs> Buzzing, eh? All right. Yeah. You sure that's the camera? Buzzing. All right. <laughs> like so, little bees. <laughs> what else did you see about the there that caught your eye? Accessories or cameras? Uh, we talked lenses to death, but what kind of things caught your eyes there? So I would say that the Canon, the Canon came out with a new flash, the 470 EX uh, AI, I believe. Yep, that's correct. Uh, is the full name. And it is probably the most popular accessory uh, or lighting, whichever one category you would like to lump it into. It's been really popular. And I think people are really excited about it because it takes a lot of guesswork out of flashes and adding lighting, especially to already ambient lighting that you're doing a lot at weddings. And are all the wedding pros out there that are so used to shooting with flash, are they poo-pooing it or are they really embracing it so far from your... Uh... I, From what I can tell, I think that they're embracing it because, you know, wedding photography is a stressful industry mm-hmm. and to have something that will kind of analyze a situation for you and then do all of the work when your light is changing, you're probably juggling guests or bridal party or just the bride and groom, their movements. They're getting an assistant. Yeah, That's the best way I can put it. That's pretty cool. There's also something kind of R2-D2 about that little flesh where it moves around and swirls its head and everything else. I saw some video on it. Uh, and I was kind of yeah. curious to know how much I think would be burning up batteries. And we, we talked a little bit about that too. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't seen it in action as much as I would like to, but I think that whenever you can incorporate a little R2-D2 into your life, you should. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else? What else do you see? Um, so I think I, I just think came up with a new the, bumper sticker. I like that. <laughs> the new Fuji camera is, it's not exactly new, but mm-hmm. the X, H1, it's right. trending, I think, here, as well as the Pentax K1 Mark II. I will say that Fuji probably has the biggest footprint here at the show mm-hmm. um, as far as the booth setup. So I think that maybe people are gravitating a little bit towards Fuji. Um, but those cameras are trend. I would say that they're trending, even though they're not new at okay. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, just as a a PS, the uh, Canon Speedlight 470EXAI is coming soon for $399. Okay. So that's fair. That's That's a price. price. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I Uh, think that works. Okay, then. Uh, So in terms of other other smaller items, I am really big into paper. mm -hmm. So that was catching my eye. I will say that I lingered a lot at the Vision Art it's vision art, fine art books. Mm-hmm. So they're a different company. I don't know if they really fall under the B&H umbrella, but I really liked their books and their paper products. Okay. As well as WHCC cards and frames. All right. Um, so it's just putting a little bit more work into probably that end product. There's definitely a lot of props and styling. Oh, really? And uh, all the wedding oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's some princess outfits that are happening <laughs> and baby things. There was when I walked by the Canon booth actually to come outside of the convention and talk to you guys, there was an entire setup of a baby being photographed live at the Canon oh, show. Geez. So I think I'm not sure how I feel about the baby being photographed <laughs> live, but 
a lot of people were very interested in it. <laughs> it was very popular. Uh, and, and, the, and the books that you spoke about, the fine art books, is, is, that, is the idea then for wedding photographers to be able to create a book of, of the day and then sell it to the, their clients? Yes, absolutely. So then they're sending, they're getting their um, images organized and ready to go and picking out the paper. I've seen quite a few different booths um, set up for this, but I was most impressed with the vision art um, because there was so much selection. You could choose what kind of paper it was being printed on as well as uh, the cover, um, like the thickness of everything, how many pages. Yeah, no, there's yeah. A lot, there are a lot more choices for albums these days than there were, say, 10, 20 years ago when they're all these stodgy old... I don't know, padded, covered books with vinyl covers on them and big fat pages. They're, they're a lot more aesthetically pleasing, artistically. They're a lot nicer. It used, I don't know, back in the day, there used to be like three styles of wedding albums, and I think the difference is with the color. It was black, brown, right. or beige. Now you can get everything. There's different kind of covers, different formats. Um, the paper surfaces, like you mentioned, this is a paper company. A lot of them have beautiful textures uh, that you can get into. Um, so and the creating, options are big. And you're creating books as you're opposed to books. albums. You know, and it's also nice. a nice thing for marketing because shooting the wedding is one thing. Uh -huh. You make more money, you sell them a nice album too. That's uh, where your, your bucks come from. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely see a trend going in these wedding albums, they are more like fine art books across the board. Yeah. It's much more polished and professional. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody is just kind of gravitating towards that instead of kind of airing on um, just kind of a memento that's going to be tucked into a drawer somewhere. Now, you actually want to pick them up. The other ones, it's like you just want to put a drink down on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you don't scratch the right. table. <laughs> oh, large coasters. Nice. Okay. All right. Anything else, Liz, uh, off the top of your head? or um, Off the top of my head, I'm just thinking of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Go um, for it. Yeah. Magmod. Magmod has a setup. I'm always a big fan of their flash modifiers and mm -hmm. accessories. Um, and I think that's really it. I'm not seeing so many tripods. And I've had some um, participants or some attendees, I should say, come up looking for some tr specific tripods and monopods. And I'm just not seeing that. So I'm not sure if that is now, something that... Here's something you want to look. Go to the Tiffin booth. Uh, they yep. have a Steadicam airline. It's a monopod. It's a foot-operated gas lift monopod. Rather than twisting locks to make it higher and lower, it's got a foot pedal, and it's, it's, it's got uh, compressed gas in it, and you could raise it and lower it just by stepping on the pedal and pulling up and down. And it comes with 25-pound oh. and 15-pound um, pressures for stills and video, and it uh, collapses down to 28 inches and extends to 62 and a half inches. That's an interesting item. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Cool. I'll definitely have to swing by. Yeah, Steadicam Airline. Apparently, it's the first of uh, several that they're going to be making. Okay. And in your uh, kind of your viewpoint of, of the show, what's the, uh, what's the hype? Is it uh, that Sony camera or is Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Is it? Okay. Yes, it's definitely the Sony camera. I would say that the show started off with that being probably the worst kept secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, maybe we shouldn't tell Sony, but uh, it seems that even before the announcement was made, people were talking. Um, that's definitely that. And, and the Canon um, 
The Flash. The Flash. Okay. I would cool. say those two are the being the most talked about. Good to know. Good to know. And what, uh, if you can sum it up, what what's going on with the B and H crew out there? How's uh, how's everybody behaving? Are they behaving themselves? What, what are you doing? Uh, what, what's the what's the kind of the Listen, hour to hour? I, re- I really um, would love to spill the beans on what B and H is up to. Um, L- Liz, it's names, just a, it's just us, Liz. Don't worry about. It. You can talk. It's just us. I mean, you. Okay, no but one else they will say what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I feel like that might be true to B&H. <laughs> um, it better be. <laughs> cool. We are, however, considering... So I'm working uh, primarily in the studio bays mm-hmm. that we have set up. Uh, so we have five different studio bays set up with uh, five different lighting manufacturers. Ah. And we're thinking of kind of rearranging and flipping that around uh so the entire show can see what people are photographing see the models in action mm-hmm. look at all of the different lighting setups at one glance bnh has a really big booth in a lot of people out there absolutely we have i want to say about 40 people wow. um at least uh we have three different footprints uh one bigger. The area that I just mentioned is probably the biggest because again, we have these five different studio bays, um, with every camera manufacturer, uh, even Leica. I think we have a few items from them, uh, and the medium format Fuji, which is always a big hit and Mm -hmm. a personal favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Hasselblad X1D, uh, which is, um, always really exciting for, uh, customers and attendees who haven't had the chance to get their hands on it. And then we have the two other setups um, with lots of B&H smiling faces here to help with any questions and okay, now I know get some lying. orders. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does sound like we're doing more than just, uh, you know, walking around uh, handing out uh, catalogs. By the way, you, you mentioned the Hasselblad, uh, uh, the newest Hasselblad medium format. Every time I look at that camera, I just, I, I have to just stop and admire it for what it, it's, it's a piece of artwork. It's, it's, it really is sculptural art that takes phenomenal pictures. It's a, it's a gorgeous, a gorgeous tool. It really, really is. It really is. Okay. Sounds good. Liz, thank you so much for uh, filling us in. Remember, behave yourself for the rest of the time you're out there. Have a safe trip thank back. Thank you. I will. Okay. And thank you for <laughs> filling us in on all the details. You are most welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay. Take okay, care. Okay, Liz. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye. We'll Bye. talk to you soon. Bye. Well, there you have the latest from WPPI and a review of CES, all the new toys that will be coming out in the coming weeks and months. Always something to look forward to. Uh, And just I'll remind you one more time, uh, if you enjoyed our interview last episode with Chris Buck, we have a signed copy of his amazing book, Uneasy. And all you have to do to win a copy is to go over to the B&H Photo Video Facebook page and leave a comment about the post on our show. You have until mid night on Friday, March 2nd, two days from now, and the winner will be announced on an upcoming show. So there you have it. As always, on behalf of Jason Tables, John Harris, and myself, thank you so much for tuning in today. <laughs>